I don't believe it. That's Clone Force 99. This is Wrecker, Hunter, Echo, Tech, and Crosshair. Obviously, we are different. We're all you're getting. Ha! We're all you need! They call themselves the Bad Batch. Experimental Unit Clone Force 99. The defective clones with the uh, desirable mutations. This is one meeting I don't want to miss. Everybody and welcome to another edition of the Dad Batch Podcast, Episode Nine. My name is Stephen Schultz, and I am your host in the pilot seat today. And of course, with us as always, the other Dad Batchers, your space daddies. When he's not hunting for Sour Patch zombies, he's probably making smuggling runs for Disneyland merch. It's Joe Laura. How are you, sir? Super happy. Super happy. I scored, man. I scored. You got those time. Sour Patch zombies, huh? Yeah, and I have yet to try them, so I'm going to I'm gonna do an a, a, a impromptu box. A live unboxing. Live unboxing. I was going to ask test. what they taste like. Is there, so is there a, an intended flavor of these? There's, there's, a, grape. there's a grape and an okay. orange. So okay. zombie, zombie blood. It looks zombie like a zombie. Blood. Here we go. That's great. For Score. Sure. Score. Oh, like, he's, he's like, like a sour patch kid. Sour patch ASMR. Oh man, <laughs> get my picks. Creepy. I'm doing nice. really well though. By the way, man, I am. Not only did I find sour patch, but I got the troop this last weekend. Oh nice. And uh, yeah, and it was a troop for Alzheimer's. Um, there's a bunch of different like walks to raise awareness and raise funding and whatever's needed. So this is really cool. I wore my TK. It was a hot day, and it was a perfect. That's the perfect armor to wear on a hot day. Because it's white and it just reflects all that brilliant light. There's some good breathing, and uh, and it gets. Dude, when you get that, when you get that breeze that comes through and you can feel it in between the armor plates. Yes, mwah, the best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good, man. How else was your weekend? What else did you do? Um, built just so it was in the garage nice. that day as well. So got it. Got a lot accomplished. Excellent. I look forward to talking about that in the workbench. Some call him the human 3D printer. I call him home. It's Ramey Shanaday. <laughs> until you said my until you said my name, I still wasn't certain who you were going to say. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. So I uh, I good. I uh, I also trooped this weekend. So we did a a, a Boy Scout troop um, up, up at this big Glen Helen where they like the Glen Helen Amphitheater, but they've got like a big park there. Um, it was Boy Scouts and like they were camping. And so there was probably 300 plus tents just in the field. And like, it was huge, huge event. Um, and it was, it was cool. The, the kids were good. The, the Scoutmasters were cool. Nice. So I'm trooped in my, in my custom Mando. So trooped with the Mercs on that one. Nice. Family's good. Kids are good. They are still running the grind on the BMX tour. Uh, every weekend they've got a different competition. I think I think we're winding down in a few weeks, so I still have a couple more weekends of this. So and uh, and shout out. I don't know for anybody watching the video. On I've got my my uh, 
Boba Fett doing freestyle BMX t-shirt on. So one of, one of our listeners, uh, Jason Chiodo, who, um, who's New Hope Workshop on Instagram, he, he messaged me and turned me on to this, this guy's uh, uh, poor boy Steve does artwork and the kind of this is sort of his style and he did this line of star wars themed uh like sports so it called rad wars and like so there's like this there's like a biker scout on a bike and just different different star wars characters doing uh doing action sports it's pretty cool that's awesome yeah we're gonna have to link that on the uh on the instagram page that's brian right there yeah <laughs> cool, man. everything else going good with you yep yep excited to be awesome. here always look forward to wednesday nights Excited to have you here, man. The Deadpool 3 character return that we've all been waiting for. Yep. It's Peter from Deadpool 2, John Rodriguez. <laughs> hey. I, I actually thought about bringing that back recently. You're my boy. Yeah. yeah he, he, that was a good underrated character. Uh, well, you, yeah. you, uh, you cosplayed him for quite a while, right? Oh, it was just it was like once with once. with with Brian and like Tori and Luke and stuff. But those uh, pictures live on forever. The, the, yeah, I'm immortalized in in that it sense. It was perfect. It was it was it was a good yeah it was a good group. That's awesome, man. How's your week? Good, good. Uh, been working, working, working. Yeah, um, I saw you were posting some uh, photos of the antennas that you were painting. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to finish these. I, I, I got 10 of these helmets to start off. I already <laughs> sent five out. They're done. And I've been kind of lagging on these because it's been really hot lately. And, and the sun rises on my side. So it's like the whole morning, the sun is just beating down on, on me if I work outside. So yeah, um, yeah it's just been really hot. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> it's hot. You always come I back to that. that. I got to make that into a, uh, a sound bite. It's hot. Paris Hilton already did that. Yeah, it's been done. <laughs> it's hot. He's the back flipping, lip tricking, pop shove it, toothpick biting Brian Cook. <laughs> How are you, Dad Bane? That was pretty good. <laughs> With a Dad Bane, even. I'm good. I'm tired. I just drove in from Charleston, South Carolina. Been on a work grind for a couple of days, out running Hurricane Ian, Dude. which is uh, approaching our direction. Uh, but we're. Uh, you know, we're new to this, to this area. And, um, uh, most of the people I, most of the people that I know that are from here say by the time it usually hits our area, it's dissipated because we're so far inland because the longer it goes over land, it just, the hurricanes kind of fall apart. So, um, uh, so not really too concerned. It is funny because, <laughs> talking to people while I was traveling and we were talking about the hurricane, whatever. And, and I'm like, they're like, Oh, are you worried? You know, it's your first time. And I was like, I don't know. We had earthquakes in California and there's no warning of those. So like, this, you <laughs> at least know what's coming. So yeah. earthquakes wake you up in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. But being that we're not really close to the ocean, I'm not like, I'm not too worried about it. So, yeah. We have a lot of our, we've got a lot of friends in, in our Florida um area that's like they're packing up they're like yeah. heading out but what's crazy too is it's like i talked to a co-worker who's on the east coast of florida and he's like we're fine everything's fine and i was like what isn't it crazy like, yeah it's on the west and it and i was like it to me it doesn't even seem like that's like the whole thing isn't it far no just yeah. the other side of the state parallel florida's florida's pretty fine. big 
but the floor is yeah, big. It's, yeah. it's strange. It's pretty strange. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so yeah, flat. There's fine. nothing to break it up. It's, it's mm-hmm. completely flat. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm tired. I made it. I was a little bit late because uh, my coworker followed me out here. He lives in Wilmington, and he, he came out here and took a boat ride and had dinner, and here I am. How's everything else? How's the family? They're good. They're good. Um, I mean, I saw them for 20 minutes, and then we ate dinner. <laughs> now here I am. <laughs> so haven't watched Andor yet. <sighs> Tense, but you know we'll we'll get to it. So it was good. It was yeah. good. It was good. Um, all right. Thanks, guys, for for being here. Um, before we continue, I just wanted to say thank you, Tech, for those questions last week because we got so many responses on how good that that Q and A session was last week. I think that's the most we've ever most responses we've ever gotten for any of the segments so far. So. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean the the people that brought questions, they they brought it. I just I just picked the right one, I guess. But thank you. Right Being on. modest. Thank you again, everybody, for tuning in. <laughs> if you'd like to interact with us more, follow us at Dad Batch Pod on Instagram, and check out our new stickers and shirts at thedadbatch.com. This garbage is nothing like clone armor. Looks a little tight on you, old man. Yeah, at least I know how to wear it. All right, guys, who's working on what? Yeah, so uh, my man, my my Mando, my OC Mando, uh, it's already approved. Went through the whole process of submitting photos, got some recommendations to work on the undersuit, but nothing on the armor. They said the armor's fine. Uh, so the change I wanted to make was just a personal one. I felt the the chest plate was a little too big. And, uh, and then I started noticing a lot of the post-imperial designs that John was working on. And then Brian worked on his and I said, man, my plate is just too big. I was trying to just kind of ignore it. But the beauty of being able to create your own costumes is you can whip one up pretty quickly. So I started printing, I think last week, Wednesdays, uh, it was was, the printer was running the pieces and feel pretty good. I, I think I'm almost there. I'm probably like 98% there. Uh, I'll probably just put a little happy tree and just do that kind of stuff that we do. And, um, but yeah, I'm excited because I'll get to wear this pretty soon too. Who were, who was the maker of the files that you printed? Good question. Um, I'd have to look it up. Um, Are and those in fact, Buck? Buck the Mando? Dude, I have so many parts from multiple people. Oh, I have so like, you don't know what you chose. I literally chose <laughs> like six different makers of armor and just mashed oh. it all together. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. So um, it was fun to put it together. And uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll find the name and then I'll share that with you, Ramey, here shortly. Yeah, I just I'm curious just because like the the great I my files for my din, which is because I got the season or the episode one din. Um, so it's got that style of armor. But the files I just printed everything at 100 percent, and it all kind of just fit right. But I'm curious, like if a different modeler made them at a different scale, that the same part might not fit you know yeah in the same way yeah that's that's actually a great question because um i i don't have the computer anymore i actually had the computer stolen i was in san francisco my car was broken into it sucked but i had a i had a um a pc laptop and so i was able to run armorsmith which is a really cool software tool that if you if used properly there's a right way and a wrong way to use it it's a tool to help you gauge. It's not exact. So I think that's something that pe- that people should consider when using the software, but it, it basically creates a, 
a virtual mannequin of yourself if you put in your measurements, your height, your width. Uh, you can even get down to the to the girth of your arm or your chest or you know whatever. Like, um, and so it's pretty accurate if you build it right. And then you slap the STLs, the files, right onto the the uh, the image, and you can kind of get a, an idea. And so the original version of the chest, I scaled it up based off of what I saw. Oh, and I just, okay. I think I overshot, I, I overshot everything else. Just was by a like little perfect. though. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. yeah it, it was just, just barely too big enough to bother me, you know? Yeah. And some, sometimes it's the part relative to your body, but then other times it's the part relative to other parts of the costume, right. like on, on the, the post Imperial Mandos and, and a din, right. It's almost got to be sized, not just to you, but to the vest, like the, yep. the, the flak vest. Because there's, you know, the shoulder straps and the lines and things. And so if it fits that, even if that's a little big on you, it might still look okay. Whereas, you know. Yeah. And, and the difficult part is I had the armor built before I had my soft parts in Christy, who does an amazing job. Yeah. Beautiful job. The vest, it was, it just seemed a little small. So I think, I think this is just, just right size, but I'm excited about it. It looks good. It's the challenging, another challenging part of 3D printing when something yeah. isn't sized right. I just, Yeah. Part of it's a it. kicker and you're like, ah, I got to start all over. There's things you can do though. Like, I mean, I know for, um, for my, for my clone, I, I used the heat gun and kind of carefully Bended molded things, bent it in yeah. and reshaped it to fit my body. There's things Depends you can on, do before you have how to much. Yeah. 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 Yep. That's what I've been oh. up to. And then a bunch of sanding that, that BUD droid is, there's so much sanding involved with that guy, but it's good. It's not, fun. Not mine. <laughs> Mine's easy. Resin King. I'll, 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 I'll go because I don't have a ton. Although I did work on a lot. I kind of did some stuff for some other people. I printed uh, I printed Mike Forrester Hondo Supply from the Armor Party show. I uh, printed him some boxes that Raimi modified. I actually created them. <laughs> I sent him the files and then he just, he just recreated them uh, just for some Imperial boxes. So I kind of I resin printed those for Mike and I just sent those off to him. Um, I, I, I was going to just wait and show it, but I did Omega's helmet from season two. I didn't grab it out of the garage because I made the whole thing. We're talking about sizing things. It fit Levi, but not the best. And then, um, in the process of modifying it, I kind of messed up some details that weren't in the first images that we had available. Mm. And then since then. I don't know that I sent you guys a trailer. It's from Disney plus like Indonesia or something. And it had far more detailed reference pictures of her in the helmet. And I was like, Oh, those details that I lost when I modified it are there. Well, let's just reprint it and make it bigger. So it fits her better. Um, So probably by next week I'll be done with it because I printed it off before I left. I came home. It's done. It's ready to go. And my print came out really nice too. Nice. So, um, that's awesome. Didn't else? the first version have a have a hat integrated into it? You had a soft yeah. Hat. So I, yeah, I was originally trying to use a hat that I had that I thought would work really cool for the brim, but then um, again with better reference pictures, the brim is really short. So I'm just I printed it. So um, I was gonna bring it, and then I was like, oh no, whatever. So it's um, I. 
it, oh, I was just going to say to, to, to print the brim and have it be a hard part, it almost matches up with the way that we see a similar hat in Andor. Yes. So I almost, I almost wonder if that was somewhat intentional. And, and that inspired and, me too, from seeing those helmets in Andor, how it's like a helmet. So, yeah. um, that definitely kind of inspired me. And then, um, oh, I resin printed one of those thermal detonators that the, those files Ramey told me about. They're so cool. So. That was from Luke. Thingiverse. Is that? From yeah, it's just from yeah. Thingiverse. It's just yeah. a free file on Thingiverse. Those are hit and miss, but sometimes they they land really well. Yeah. It resin prints so easy too. It's like the whole thing's like four or five hours tops. Luke saw it, Left Coast Avenger, and he's like, "Dude, send me one of those. I want to paint it." <laughs> so, um, should make a, a whole Christmas tree full of them. Nice, sick. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. I'm, t- I'm tired. It's not hot. so i painted i tried to channel my inner alpha ignition and i painted my my din bucket Uh, nailed it yeah and so this is with the the process that you hear us talk about a lot with the the 2k clear over black and then the this is a luma luster so it's an expensive paint job but uh but man it to put it next to i always was actually proud of the paint job that i had on my din um which was done with a relatively cheap you know, kind of knock off chrome paint. It was the same process with the black and then the clear and then, and then the airbrushed chrome um, and then another clear coat. But this Illuma Luster is just a whole nother level. So I actually resprayed the base black onto the rest of my armor for Din to, to start to re and I've got 2k, 2k coming tomorrow. So hopefully by the end of the weekend, I've got uh, all of it Illuma Luster and it'll all match because this helmet's just too good. Nice. So, and then you I also can see work- the difference when that, on the one photo you shared, you could, you it, could see the it difference. It does look really good. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I was never, I never thought there was anything wrong with what I had before. And it was, it was approved in that helmet. I mean, the, I don't, I never got my best car approved in the Mando Mercs, but the, the helmet had been approved in all three clubs. And so it was obviously close enough for, for, and the, the Mercs are pretty strict on the face characters. So, mm-hmm. um, so then I also worked on this. So this is it, it, great, great so audio, weird. right? So it's this weird helmet. It, I got this these files, and I like the helmet, and it wasn't going to be usable for the Mando Mercs because the visor is not uh, not vertical enough. But um, I modified this, and Stephen came up with the idea that like you know because I wanted to put some some padding in the top of the helmet instead of it being completely hard, almost like an Endor the Endor Rebel Troopers, how they have the padding in the top of their helmet. So I wanted to do that. And then Steven's like, oh, it's like you found Ponda Baba's arm after Obi-Wan cut it off. I'm like, yes. So, so I've got this quilted orange yeah, fabric dude. that looks like Ponda Baba's sleeve. So I thought, even thought of, I thought about putting some blood ar- along the one end of it. Like that was where it had gotten cut off. <laughs> a bounty hunter so, walks into a bar. <laughs> yeah. Picks up an arm. The other thing I did, and it, this is hard to see on, on camera, but so there's a lot of different textures on this. So I sprayed, I meant, I wanted parts of it to be like the best scar. So that's actually the Illuma Luster and the, the 2K and everything. So around the visor, the ear caps, and this mouth area is, is that same as the, the DIN armor. But then I sprayed the rest of it with um, Super 77 spray glue. And then you just let the glue dry. You don't actually do it. And, it. and it like pebbles it. And then so then when you paint over that, it makes it look like cast iron. So, I mean, it's got like a rough texture except for where the Beskar is. And then I used the rust paint that Crosshair uh, talk, used on Stormbreaker Mom and like masters. got, yeah, and got like 
rust down in all the cracks and crevices. And it's th- that paint's crazy. I'd never used it before. It's so fun. So it was a bit of an experiment with like many, many different paint techniques, but it was fun. And I like it. It weighs a ton because it's all resin. But it's like, it's, it's almost like it really is cast iron. So, but it it looks great. It's really cool. I love it. I'll post, I'll post now that we've talked about it, I'll post pictures on Instagram. looks like something Ezra would wear. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I, I saw that and the the model had like, it was part of the helmet mold, like part of the model. It had like that quilting kind of look on it when I got it, but I thought, no, I want to cut that out and then actually put real fabric in there. It, so it essentially looks the same, but it actually is real fabric. So yeah, I'm, ha- awesome. I'm happy with it. Well, I haven't worked on much this week. I don't think. Did I? No. I, I finished that one Mando. I think we already talked about that, right? Or, or no? Has, have we not? I finished I that. we talked about it. You, you showed us photos re- during the week, but you didn't talk about it. Yeah, see, I always get confused. I'm like, we already talked about it. So we, you know, we've been through it, but no. Uh, okay, so. Uh, I, I, I'm in the middle of like this Mandalorian costume that was not really planned. Uh, a buddy of mine sent me this flight suit that didn't fit him, <clears throat> excuse me. And it happened to fit me. So, um, I got a chess piece from, uh, Mario, you know, scum and villainy. And, uh, I made a helmet, whatever, and pretty much had everything else that's like belts and shoulders and stuff and made a really simple, basic background Mando and, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's finished. It needs like a weapon and maybe a backplate, but that's it. Um, and I'm waiting on those Predator Bio helmets for me and Steven that uh, should, I should check that, that tracking because it's been a few days. Those will be chromed um, by Saturday. If, if they were here, they'd be chromed as, already. As he's unboxing, it's being chromed. It's, yeah, I'm like taking the tape off. They're already chromed. Spraying, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I'll, we'll talk later, Stephen, because uh, I'm going to see about maybe using a different metallic. We'll see. There's there's a few options. Um, but yeah. And uh, oh, and my credit card did a little bit of work this week. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, I ordered a Elegu Jupiter after hearing Raimi... Uh, <laughs> rave about his and uh my other buddy christian martinez he actually has two which i think is insane but uh he loves his as well and um i've heard nothing but good things from people that own them so i decided to uh yeah pull the trigger on that and snag one and you got your other resin printers fixed too which is kind of nice i mean i well the little one is still right the smaller one is still in limbo because i tried to redo it and i couldn't so it's kind of just there. But I did upgrade the two Mono Xs. I actually sold one of the Mono Xs. But uh, the other one is updated with the firmware. And I, I might just keep it. It's nice to have something as a backup or whatever. You know. Um, so, yeah. And that's it, I think. Can't think of anything else. Yeah. Must be it. Doing yep. work with that credit card. Woo. Yeah. I had... Um... I had some droid kits printing on my printers. I have, I have three FDM printers that are just like constantly printing 24 seven. And so I woke up one morning and there was just spaghetti everywhere. Uh, uh. And not only was there spaghetti string, but it like tore parts off of the nozzle. And it was just, it was a massacre. So then I had to like rebuild like a couple hot ends and then, 
um, restart, re-level and restart everything. And then nothing was printing well after that. And it was just trying to get everything dialed in. And then I was able to fix two of the printers, which are printing up their, their backup and printing again. But one of the printers, it just, it doesn't want to like, nothing wants to stick on the bed. And so like, well, I've been like tramming it. So tramming is like it. Everyone says leveling the bed. It's, it's really tramming it to get it square with the, with the X axis. I, I found out that the problem is that the bed the print bed is sloping in the Ooh, middle. That's weird. So, so if all the corners are hitting, yeah, um, it's it's like about two two or three layers away from the nozzle if it's in the middle. That's weird. So yeah, so good. I have to. Is there a build plate or glass or anything on there? What kind of surface are you printing onto? So the build plate is glass. But it's it's all in one. So the heater, the build plate, the glass, everything. It's, it's oh, all in one. so you like you can't. <clears throat> so there's nothing you can working. do then, huh? Ugh. Yeah. Because I've oh, seen people so take like uh, tin foil and put it in places with the glass, but you can only really bend glass so much. It's, it's I haven't seen that be overly effective, but it can work if it's not that far off. But you can't do that if it's all one piece. So I've got a couple. I've got a couple things that I want to try. Um, somebody online was saying that. Um, unhook all four corners of the print bed so that it's just like floating with no tension and heat it up to like as hot as your machine can go. Hmm. So we'll, we'll see if that fixes the glass. Um, Is that piece another, replaceable? Like just that part, just that, that bed. I'd have to replace the whole bed yeah. with the heater and everything. Uh, um, it's integrated. So I don't know if, yeah. if that reheating thing doesn't work, then I'm just going to end up buying a mirror, uh, a mirror plate and then That's just sticking that on top. But that's what I use mirrors. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I used to have all that. kinds of adhesive problems until I got the mirrors. And then once I got the mirrors, mirrors. And I cool. love, I love printing on glass because as soon as it releases your print, your print is like super clean. It's so smooth, right? <laughs> really smooth. Um, let's see. Another thing was I finished ordering all the pieces for my wife's um, costume. Hmm. So I got the boots ordered, which are all custom sized to her to her foot and calf, which is like that's a new experience for her, right? Because it's always <laughs> getting stuff for me, but this is the first time like we're measuring her foot. Um, got her gloves, jumpsuit, flight suit, um, belt. Everything is on order. Armor is all ordered. So now it's just a waiting game. So, and you guys have the helmet already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Um, I think that's it as far as the builds go. You know, I, my, my record kit is just staring at me every day. I walk it, it. It's literally in the kitchen. So I have to walk by it every day before I leave the house. <laughs> and I'm just, I want to start working on it so bad, but there's so many parts that have to be cut up to Oof. be season two. Yeah. We got to wait. You know? Don't, don't do it yet. Yeah. Wait, yeah. W- wait to be sure. Yeah. We got to wait a little bit. I'm sure they'll give yeah, us yeah. a, a trailer, a new trailer or something. You have I a know, different today. problem. You, you need references before you cut, but yeah. as opposed to what I'm doing with 3d printing, like I can rate Ra- just like Ramey's a machine. He's an incredible. You're not human dude. You, you gend up some parts that I think are going to be season two tech. We're just, we have like some small images I'm printing right now and we might have to redo it later. That's, that's, that's the kind of, I can experiment, but 
you got to wait. You really got to wait till those. Yeah. You guys know today was supposed to be the day, right? Uh, yeah. It's supposed to be. Thanks, Disney Plus. <laughs> Tori reminded me of that as we were as as closing the door to podcast. She's like, wasn't that supposed to come out today? I was like. Yeah. Somebody tag somebody tagged the dad batch and was like, "It's 99 days until the new show comes out." I was just uh, like, "Oh, a tear." <laughs> oh, by the way, that um that chest plate is from Buck the Mando. Yep. Totally. Okay. I remember Buck you got it. You got that one and you used it. So if it was the same one as your first one, it's definitely Bucks. Yeah, it's good. The Mando. It's good yeah. He has a good Mando. I like his Mando. Yeah. It's got cool Shout stuff. out to Buck the Mando. Good, uh, good prices too. Not, not, not trying to no, yeah, yeah. Rip people off. Yeah, right on, guys. Well, it seems like even on the slow weeks, we've still got a lot on the workbench, which is always nice. I've done a lot. I think I just forgot because <laughs> you're, you're, you're tired. You're tired. It's just not hot. You're tired. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're being hailed. This encryption's new. This might take a while. All right, so it's time for the news. Um, not a lot in the news this week. Um, one thing, one thing that uh, I wanted to talk about. So, um, so everybody, everybody here obviously watched the Obi Wan show. It's been quite a while now. So, um, what did you guys think of James Earl Jones' voice performance in Obi Wan? This is a setup. Yeah, this, this, that's bait. It's right there. That's bait. So if you watch the credits, <laughs> if you watch the credits, it says the voice of Darth Vader is James Earl Jones. And I guess technically it is his voice. However, he did not perform the dialogue for, uh, for Obi-Wan. So Lucasfilm worked um, in conjunction with a, uh, with a, a, a technology that's actually built uh, out of the Ukraine. Um, and they were doing this like amidst all of everything that's been going on. And so uh, the, it's called a respeacher is the technology. And, uh, and, and specifically there was a guy there who, uh, who I'm going to mess up the name. Um, Bogdan Belayev. Uh, he was the guy that, that worked on, on Vader's voice specifically. And so like he, they were talking about the story here and, and I like, he's like in hiding in like places and like, we're trying to like get recordings out and sent back off to Luke and Lucasfilm is trying to be very like cognizant of like, there's a war going on. Um, and yet this guy cranked it out. And, um, I think if you, if you watch the show and you listen to the voice and you looked at even the credits, it would, to everyone's appearance, it would look like James Earl Jones was the voice of Darth Vader. However, um, they used completely used respeacher to do all the dialogue for for the entire show and in fact they did the same technology to do a younger luke for luke's appearance in book of boba fett and the mandalorian so um james Earl jones was really kind of credited as guiding the performance and so that's why he's there and he was consulted um but he's officially like there was an announcement within the past week he's officially retired as doing the voice of darth vader and i think they did this on purpose they made sure that he was involved in the process had a good feel for respeacher and what it was capable of doing. Um, I know his family has also signed off on it so that, you know, even, you know, when, when he's no longer with us, they'll still have kind of some say in um, acknowledging, like if, if they ever feel like it doesn't sound like him, I think that there's, there's an avenue there for them to have feedback and, and provide guidance there. So, but I thought that was pretty crazy. So, and it's, it's an interesting story to hear how this guy was like literally during a war still getting files out, they, they said there was like 10,000 different audio clips being sent back and forth for, through the course, course of the show, just as they make adjustments and tweak things and whatever. So just to get, That's, just to get Vader's dialogue. It's cool, but creepy. It's insane. Time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you know, when, when they used it for Luke in Book of Boba Fett, like you could kind of tell that Luke didn't sound 100% like Luke. But I mean, I was okay with it because it's like, it's a young Luke Skywalker, you know? Like, yeah. That yeah. At that point, is, you know, they're doing something. It's, right. So you're kind of okay with it. Yeah. And, and Vader and, being synthesized too. It's that's a, the point. Yeah. yeah. Luke is a real person and, and his voice is very specific and you can mask someone's real voice with that robotic synthesizer to make it sound like Vader. Yeah. It sounds perfect. So Luke's is Vader. more critiqued. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm just waiting for the uh, the pocket size version so that I can just carry that Vader voice changer around. Yeah, we need we need an app that we can just plug in. Still not really around. There's no easy solution for Vader's with that. It really tough. isn't. Yeah, that's a business idea right there. I mean, I got a good one, but it was mixed boxes, cheap voice boxes. Yeah. Uh, so anyone attending that's listening that attends Cal State Dominguez Hills, um, you guys are probably fairly familiar with uh, seeing some interesting action around. Um, so uh, this last week, uh, they were spotted filming for Skeleton Crew, um, some speeder bike chases on the campus of Cal State Dominguez Hills. And I know that they use that campus a lot because the Tuscan Village scenes um, they actually filled like the stadium field with sand and then put green screens all around it. And they filmed all the Tuscan scenes um, there for Book of Boba Fett. So I, that that campus uh, seems to have the, the, the magic touch as far as being used as a filming location for these shows. And it's not terribly far from Manhattan Beach Studios. So that's probably got something to do with it. I just huh. Googled images of Cal State Dominguez and I see a bunch of frat parties, but I don't see <laughs> Well, we gotta, the crew's got to have something to do after after they're done filming, I guess. So, <laughs> no, there's some really neat ar- architecture. That's probably that makes sense. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for Boba, it was all just sand in a green in green screen, so it was just a convenient location. Um, but it did look like they were taking advantage of some of the some of the natural scenery there for the speeder bike chase. Sick. So, and that is actually all I have for the news this week. Quiet week, otherwise light wow. yeah. you know with every with every episode of andor that's coming out it's actually making me more excited for skeleton crew because it's like you know andor is you know it's expand expanding this this whole new part of the universe right and technically that's what skeleton crew is going to do so yeah if I'm, the production values if the production values anything like andor it's going to be really good <laughs> Yeah, I'm interested to see how is. I don't remember what's the next show that we'll see. Is it Ahsoka or Skeleton Crew? Ahsoka. Ahsoka. So, so Ahsoka, Ahsoka was filmed. Mando. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, true. No, no, Mando. Mando. Mando first, and, and then Ahsoka. Yeah. Ahsoka. Yeah. Okay, so. Well, technically, Bad Batch. I'm curious to see how the market reacts to the CG and the effects in the next live action show after Andor is done because everybody's saying how good the production is on Andor and it was all practical on location sets. It was not done on a volume. So ILM stagecraft tech, the big screens that they use in the volume, that's not used for Andor. And when we get, when we got Mando, Ahsoka and skeleton crew all coming out next year that were done on the volume. So I'll be interested to see if people react to that in any way. So, you know, what's amazing is, uh, that, that whole documentary talking about the volume and really explaining what's going on. 
I, I had no idea. I was one of those, just like most people watching the show, you think it's being filmed somewhere and maybe they're using some older technology to kind of CGI things in the background. And then learning about the volume, I was rewatching episodes from season two and now I look for it and now I can tell, I can see it. It's, it's, it's like, I feel like that, you know, I know the magician's trick. I, I see the wires now. You look for the line. I can see right. the difference. Yeah, I can see the differences. It's still amazing and it's still it beautiful. Just, and for me, it just feels, it feels claustrophobic. It's, it's contained, right? It's, it's, yeah. It's but that's because yeah. you know, if you were just know, watching right? it, you'd be like, this is huge. Yeah, but right. you know, there's a little wall behind them with, with the with screens, so you, you know you already get that. But part. you know, I didn't I didn't feel that way on on what was it the first episode of season two when they were fighting the crate dragon. Yeah, I feel oh, that in yeah, the yeah. forest when he meets Ahs- when Ahsoka's going through the forest. Yeah, sort of that I totally. Don't like, even oh. think about it. I don't. Even and then I really saw it in it. Um, <laughs> in Book of Boba Fett. I, you know, I, I really saw it there too. Did you yeah. know? Did you know that Thor's boat from Love and Thunder was filmed on the volume? The whole thing is filmed on the volume. The goat. <laughs> Everything CGI. Each goat had their own volume. That's what happens <laughs> when you're lazy. Oh. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> well, since we're talking about Andor, let's get into our new segment here. Ooh. George has this hopeful story, and it's something that he's reiterated most times I've seen him, uh, you know, after we've been making things uh, without him is, remember to make these stories hopeful. Remember to give that to kids because they really need it. Dang, that was legit. So this week we're gonna be reviewing full spoilers here and or episodes one through three. All right, are we going around Robin? What are we doing? How, how's this working, Steve? I know. Okay, so so Ramy and John and myself have pretty much done the full spoiler review. So I'm really interested true. to hear what uh, what Crosshair and Tech think. What do you guys think of episodes one through three? Go ahead, Brian. I will go. Um, I loved it in the first, the first uh, when the first episode even opened, and like five minutes into it, I was like. Why does this feel so rich? And that was, I think I messaged with you guys and it was like, oh, it was filmed in Pinewood Studios. It's like landscapes. It's, it's, it's uh, sets. It's on location. Um, So I immediately like got that feeling from it. And the, the, it felt like kind of how Solo started, but just, a little bit i don't want to say darker just uh mature it just even even like the visuals just like felt mature uh i think in your guys's things how you were saying like oh it's like got blade runner vibes i mean it's got that cd undertone led lights um really cool muty mood um i love the flashbacks to when he was a kid and getting that story and spinning my brain into okay well what time period is this like what what are we gonna see you know and they how they keep the whole show is so tense and and you're so like 
there's like no time to like stop and go to the bathroom, which you can pause it. So that's good. But there's like, there's no, there's no time to like stop watching it. You want to like keep constantly, going. Yeah. you want to keep going. Like you're constantly like wondering what's next. And then every time it's almost like Lord of the Rings style, how they, they would flash back and forth to the different groups doing different things. Every time they flash back to his past, I'm like, Oh, what, what are we going to see? What's this about? Like, how, how did he become to where he was since he was six years old? Um, like what, you know, what happened to him that, that put him down this path? Um, but, uh, the, the, it, it's, it's so cool to me. And I think we kind of talked about this a little bit. It's just, it's really cool that star Wars now has, there's so many different platforms to tell stories from very children, like cartoons, animation, um, different varying degrees of live action. Now, you know, we have star Wars stories. Um, you know, we have the Mandalorian that's, that's feeding you all these, um, I'll say fan service just for like a lack of a easier word to find, but, um, uh, um, into this, which is super mature, uh, uh, very serious, um, intellectual. The writing is, is amazing. Um, uh, I'm totally drawn a blank on Cassian's real name. Casa. No. Diego Luna. Diego Luna. Diego Luna. <laughs> oh, well, He's, episode one is also called Casa, which is his yeah, name yeah. in the show. Yeah. Casa. He, uh, He's phenomenal. He's so great. Um, the costumes are freaking amazing. I love seeing these different parts of Star Wars. Um, the The story, um, um, I, because I haven't watched this week's episode yet, I still am like, you know, it's been a week now since we've watched it and we watched it back to back and that was it. Um, so it's not fresh on my head, but this the story is awesome. Even though we know in the end what happens and where it gets to, it's just, I'm a hundred percent satisfied. Like I've been telling anyone I know that likes Star Wars that that hasn't watched it yet. I'm like, dude, give it a watch, give it a watch, give it a watch. Like you, you want to watch this? This is, this is awesome, Star Wars. So I have, I have complete faith that it's going to continue to grow. And and um, I mean, they really haven't, they really haven't in those first three episodes they really don't put in anything that's that like hook from previous star Wars to make you go, Oh, rat, right. Like they're not throwing in a character that, you know, or this, like, it's really, it's really just this backstory to him prior to rogue one. And I'm all in without it's having, really, it's really a character piece on Andor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, him, his friend, the girl, um, even her crappy boyfriend. I mean, it's just like every character. Him with two M's. Yeah. Tim. And you're, you're just, dude, the, 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 a lot of times like shows that are super tense, like can get like exhausting, but this is just like, it's just the, the anticipation for it. It's, just, it's tense. It's perfect. It's tense. It's, it's great. I, I've, I have not seen in the three episodes, not one thing let me down. 
And generally, there's always something that kind of makes me go, eh. I'm not like, oh, I'm so bummed. This is stupid. And I want to go around and talk a bunch of crap about it. But there's something where I'm like, ah, they didn't <laughs> um, really need to do that. They didn't. Depends on what it is. We're not talking about Thor. We're not talking about Thor. Mm-hmm. But like, like Obi, Obi-Wan was great. <clears throat> but there's some things I thought I was like, eh. Yeah, but it didn't ruin it for me. Right. Like this, I don't have. There's not hasn't been one thing where I've been like, mm, I've been like 100% invested all in. So. You know, there was a there was a part in our um, spoiler review episode that we did where I was talking about Cassian's um, home planet when he was a kid and how yeah. it was ravaged by the Empire. But mm-hmm. after watching the the first three episodes again, I realized that it couldn't have been the Empire because of the time frame. It's during the Clone Wars when he's a kid. Mm-hmm. And and Marva and Clem, when they when they got on the ship, they were like, "Oh, these are Republic uh, people. They're they're gonna the Republic's gonna come get us, and they're gonna arrest us." Which means that Marva and Clem were technically separatists at that point. And then and then somebody on on YouTube or Instagram pointed out that the logo that was on. The scientists. Um, Ramey did. He's um, your guy online. That that would be me. He's your guy on the internet. That logo. That logo belongs to the Seps. Um, the Dooku's. Yeah, people. it's it's the Confederacy of Independent Systems logo. Yeah. So, but all the stuff that was on that ship, clearly they were um, telegraphing was early Empire stuff, yeah. right? So was that some sort of like secret science vessel yeah. or something where they were working on stuff? Trying to put those pieces of the puzzle together has been like super fun too, because we know yeah. from the trailer, right? In one of the trailers, they showed clones for a second. And I yeah. just, every time they, they, they flashed back to that time when they're in the jungle and they're looking for the ship. I was like, here's where the clones are. Here's where the clones are. Here's because <laughs> in my mind, that's the time period. He's a little kid. Well, okay. it's yeah. Like, <laughs> so, you know, at the end of, it. At the end of Revenge of the Sith, when they show Vader as Vader for the first time and he's standing next to Tarkin and, and the Emperor and they're looking at the Death Star, like mm-hmm. the structure of it's being built, dude, it just it's it's so cool that now they're explaining how far back Palpatine was mining planets, gathering materials, working both sides of of the of the Senate to just get all this stuff built. Oh man, I love it evil joe what did you think man uh saint crosshair hit hit it on the head uh it's it's different from something you know anything we've ever seen and i and i like it i was having a conversation with some of the guys that i trooped with this last saturday and uh and it's funny because there's there's fans of different categories and there's some fans that will say the ot is the purest of star wars and they don't like the clone wars and there's different folks that are you know all for certain it's okay it's okay to have opinions and um and we had a really good it was a it was a a nice debate on andor and he was he was looking for the action and and i can see you know i can sense that but i'm like you know what can't always can't always have episode three can't have you know can't always have um you know we we even we saw this when we saw that's not the focus in the mandalorian and then when we saw Boba Fett and Boba Fett, 
it, you know, there, there's there's the <laughs> wild action in Mandalorian, and then you see him sort of developing and growing. There's a story being told in Mandalorian. It's the same thing with this. There, there's some story that's being told. And so the pace is going to be different. And with that, there's not going to be a lot of blasters. There's not going to be a lot of lightsabers, and it's okay. What I'm looking for is consistency. And so consistency is in the textures, in the visuals, the music, the feel. And then when you see these this cute little Ebo droid kind of going through this junkyard, I mean, I had, there's the cute droid, right? There's a consistency of a droid, right? Um, there's a consistency of just some some new places that we haven't seen and it developing its own character where the, the, the tower and the guy just smashing with the anvil, you know, and the hammers. So cool. So cool. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, I want to see that again. And, and then I was lucky. Oh, there it is again. There's another scene with him. Yes, right? Have you seen when he hits the hammers and then and then the dad batch intro starts playing? <laughs> <laughs> but but even just watching his emotion as he's getting ready to, he's like breathes in. He's like, it's a ritual for him, right? Oof. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's those little details that I really appreciate. It's a different type of storytelling. There isn't some corny, which I like. I like, again, George Lucas's corniness sometimes woven in with silly jokes and a creature eating another creature and burping. Got it. Funny. Mm. That's not this. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this this guy, uh, Cyril Karn, the, 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 the bad, uh, uh, I don't even know what you want to call him, the evil um, officer that's trying to find Andor and try to find the one who murdered, who committed this murder. That's a good actor because I hate him. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I. Oh, really he's a punk, and he's gonna get smoked when his boss dude, comes back. I. He's a good actor <laughs> oh, though. Oh man, he's such a good actor. He's such oh, a good when actor. When his boss yeah. comes back and sees everything that he did, he uh, just wait. Uh, just wait. Okay, so what do you? What do you? Okay, so that that's a good segue, Joe. What What do you guys think of um, his character? There was a lot of scenes with him where it was just focusing on his expressions his face no dialogue a lot of close-ups what do you guys think of that i think he there there if he doesn't get smoked by his boss <laughs> he is gonna turn into an some office rank yeah he's officer like he's perfect perfect empire material right there yeah perfect empire material. Mm, um yeah i I, I, I think I've said this on the show before. He gives me like Crispin Glover vibes, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and that he was also very expressive and and I think that if they have an actor like that that can act without even saying a word and you can tell what's going on, <laughs> they should take advantage of that and use it. Um Yeah. You know, like like when, when Cassian has his his blood his his now canonized Briar pistol uh aimed at him, he's basically, you know, doing doing you know like i'm not telling you and he's like kill him you know <laughs> like and, and then he gets all serious and his, you know his face, you can whatever he, he he's good so i think they should utilize that more especially we can't even talk about episode four episode four is so hot oh, right now damn well it's um, so hot we we see a little more of that i'll just say that we see a little more of his expressions uh, uh you know as as it progresses so uh yeah, they're 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 doing what I'm what I'm saying, which is fantastic. Joe, what did you think about the uh, the brothel scene? 
<laughs> do you want me to say it's authentic? You know, I, I don't know, but <laughs> that's what I, I happens. Would... Yeah. Tell no, me, no, how does no. it compare? So, so if you've ever been to Amsterdam, <laughs> it, which is, which is public open, you know, just, it's like ways. a movie. It, it's, it's like taken from, from real areas like of the movie. planet earth, you know, and it's, it's, it's interesting to see um, that that's how we're starting. So, you know, this is adult television. This is, yeah. this is a, uh, we're, we're going there quickly. And, and when he entered the establishment where there's like a bar and there's a, there's a, there's a bartender or whatnot. And some guys in the end, I thought it, it reminded me of Tron legacy, just kind of him walking into, into the club. So it's just, it's just, these visuals are just beautiful. Uh, the darkness, the light, man, it's so I good. mean, if it doesn't define the series, the first 10 minutes of episode one involves hookers and homicide. That's pretty much <laughs> the well. first 10 minutes of a star Wars film. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I it's mean, like CSI those dudes in kinda, the alley too. Like that was that was insane. Yeah. So, yeah, I really I love the now. mining guys too. All the gloves on the wall, or the scrap. There's a pair missing. There's them. a pair missing. There is a pair missing. I noticed that. Did we ever see? Have we seen yet what that entails? Okay. Yeah. Well, was it Echo? Were you? Weren't you saying that? That's common for for mine mine miners. So mine workers. I know that Same like that like a lot of times in mines they'll have like a almost like a little metal tab with a number on it, and they'll they'll take it off the wall and they go down in the mine, and then when they come back they have to put it back up on the wall. That way somebody can very quickly at a glance see if somebody's missing. So and that everybody knows who you know who that number belongs to and so on. So they, they would carry these little metal discs yeah. with a number stamped into it. And then that had to go back onto the peg on the wall for that number. Um, so I think that that's the idea with the gloves. So there's, uh, there should, if that's the case, then there's significance to the fact that there's a pair of gloves missing. Would but that I, pair be, would that pair be Cassian's? Cause they were like, Hey, get back to work. Yeah. It, I wondered that when we were watching it because it felt like that was maybe where he was like, he was looking at that spot. Like is it or, or that or maybe that signifies someone else that he's lost that, <gasps> that we don't know yet. His dad. Mm. Maybe, okay, maybe, so although so, his dad's probably I mean his dad's gone when we see him as a little kid too, right? Well, no. Okay, so when when because that's that's what I thought at first, but then after watching it again, uh, what Luthen was referring to, who Luthen was referring to as his dad was Clem Andor, the the husband of of marva oh interesting so that's, that's who's that's who's right. raised right yeah okay. right okay because he was a and kid right because his name's not him. even really cassian andor right like that's that's just casa right Kassa. right so it's like it's like <laughs> when my grandfather came to the united states and and said what his name was he said he said his real name and his whistle was raul which was the way they would say you know it's what we would call raul but the French version of it, but he said that, and they just like wrote down Ralph because they wrote, they, down, they wrote down Solo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ralph um, Solo. Uh, that 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 um, Marva. That's her name. Like, yeah. Like, how quickly did they form a connection to you as a watcher to her? Like, she didn't have very much screen time. Like, she got introduced, and you were kind of like, okay, who's there's this lady that's hanging out and he obviously has some relationship with her. And then within 
you know, a couple flashback scenes, you were like, oh, wow. And then fast forward to her getting shaken down and the tears. And you were like, it was like, yeah. the head, like I went from zero to a hundred, like quick. It's cause she's like, very, you lovable. still don't know. You still don't know anything about her. Right. And but there's she obviously some sort of story because her and that dude, she seems caring. Like, yeah. Showed yeah. up and they were taking stuff and they didn't give any F's and they, you know, they were like, let's go. Come on. Taking the kid with me. He's going to get killed. Like it's like, Right, because she knows that this world that she's built for herself and this happiness that she's had is is over. She knows. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait way. for the flashback scenes of of her and and Clem like teaching Cassie and how to be a spy, or you know, just not how to be a spy, but teaching him like all the you know the the way that yeah. the world works. You know, Sleuthy. Yeah, survival yeah. basically survival. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what, what happened in these other two episodes too. The flashbacks get me every time. Every time, as soon as a flashback happens, I'm like. When, when are you watching the next one? Hopefully tomorrow. Did they say what they were mining for? Did I miss that? Coaxium. They didn't say what they were mining for. I mean, Mithril. <laughs> Kyber. Mithril. I don't know. They were they were in the caves with the dwarves, and they were yeah. <laughs> Blue I'm caught up on Rings of Power, by the way. That's that's that's, that's the other. I mean, other show. I, I think it's I think show. it's pretty safe to assume that. Um, the secret separatist guild was mining for Death Star material. Material, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. What do you guys think of of Luthen? Super sophisticated. He's 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 seen some stuff, and he's been playing the game for a while. Uh, at a high level where the stakes are super high, like Cassian has been feisty scrounging i kind of thought you, you know when you first get introduced to ezra as a scrappy young kid kind of surviving on his own um as you know a common thief kind of just using the, you know the Cassian is a, is a more advanced obviously darker character um and uh and then he meets he meets this cat who's just working at a higher level working multiple angles and uh i'm excited to see how how I, I don't want to get into the next ep- the last episode that Crosshair hasn't seen, but it's it's pretty cool to see the angle and where it's going. Um, the guy knows he he's done his research. He knows he's tapped into information. Well, he didn't information. even care about the he didn't even care about the star map. Nope. When he got to to Cassian, he just wanted Cassian because That's he right. had done his research. Yeah, the guys the guys definitely tapped in at a higher levels for sure. Did you guys catch the uh, the the your mom? joke in in that episode in episode one so so when when um cassian was coming back and he was telling his friend friend brasso no you were with me last night and we were drinking and then we did this and that right okay and then brasso's leaving and he's like oh and hey tell your mom to turn the heat on it gets cold in there yes (laughs) (laughs) i did i remember that now that's I was so like the good. only one laughing in my in my living room, and everyone's looking at me like, "Why?" And I was just like, "I can't explain it to you." Yeah, never mind. <laughs> well, right on, guys. Um, yeah, episode four, non spoiler. It's good. It is. Yeah. It's all candy. It's the Star Wars candy I've been waiting for. Yeah. It's the best one so far. So I want to talk about it so, so bad. So hurry up and watch it. 
I'm going to watch it again when we're done here. Uh, I'm like halfway through it right now. For your information, the stinger of a Yalvik queen is a delicacy on some planets. All righty. So we're going to ask some questions or I'm going to repeat some questions that we received from some of our listeners and watchers and um, the folks that are following us. So first of all, thank you for replying when I ask for content for questions because you guys bring it. This came from uh, Maganeth66, the gentleman who makes our fine helmet uh, stands. Um, he does a, He does a beautiful job, by the way. A little plug for him. But he had a question. What Star Wars film or series has the best score, music score, and what what is the best track? So it doesn't have, you know, if, if there's a specific score that pops out, if there's a specific track from that movie or film, which one really resonates with you? Uh, Return of the Jedi has always been really, really good for me. Uh, I remember the music being, yeah, even as a kid, not necessarily knowing what songs are what, I remember the music being very uh, powerful and, 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 and liking it a lot. Um, the Mandalorian, for sure. Uh, that whole soundtrack, that whole sound, that whole vibe is amazing. Um, throughout the what's seasons. his name? The guy that does it, he's phenomenal. Ludwig Ludwig Göransson. he's yeah, amazing. Um, and I'm trying to. I I just had it in my head, and I, I can't. Why remember. are you listing all the Star Wars movies <laughs> I'm not, and shows? Uh, <laughs> We're supposed to choose okay, one. Okay, 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 okay. So if I have to choose one, it's The Mandalorian. It, it's it's awesome. And if I have to choose one song, it's uh, Duel of the Fates uh, for Episode One, The Phantom Episode. Menace. What, bro? What? You want to go first next time? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> you're supposed. You said choose one, and then one from it. I. Oh, not from it. He just said, choose one. It's he okay. Said, choose it's all right. Thing, and then choose a song. It's all right. I did that. Good job, John. I like it. I like that did one. Did I too. not? Those are good. Did I not? Those are good choices. Okay. All right. <laughs> Steven, go ahead and go, brother. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say The Mandalorian and Duel of the Fates. <laughs> um, <laughs> Smart. Those are great choices. <laughs> oh, Joe. What happened? <laughs> Frozen. Frozen. He is. He's so frozen. Frozen. Oh, oh man. It was really good. You were like this. You were like, like this. Uh, it was I like the worst Wi-Fi right now, man. It was a really good pose. <laughs> it's great. Sorry, Steven. Um, um, no, it's all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh episode one, Phantom Menace, Duel of the Fates. Um just because it, it had you know the dark times, the dark times of not having Star Wars had passed. Um, it's and one so of the best. I, I feel like John Williams, um, I feel like he took all that time to just really hone his own craft and reflect on what the next Star Wars should be. And yeah, so when Duel of the Fates came out, I was like, I don't know, 10 years old, 12 years old, something like that. I don't know. And it was just, ugh, just pure. Pure, pure Star Wars for me. I mean, you've got good, you've got evil. That's it. And then when we get to hear it live at Celebration, Brian, woof. I mean, that, yeah, that that sways it. It sways it for sure. Good choices, Steven. Very good choices. I really, and this might be unpopular opinion, I liked the music in the sequels. 
in seven, eight, nine. I I really like the the end track that kind of was like all over like TikTok and Instagram for a while when it came to music. That like very kind of like the modern version of the intro to star Wars, you know, that whole like kind of heroic Ray soundtrack, um, I thought was awesome. And then my favorite all time is the end of a new hope. Like when they put the medals on and it's all over and it's like, it's like, it's all heroic, you know? And it's I not the original, like, I Celebration music with the Ewoks and Endor. Yub nub. <laughs> you got the yub nub. <laughs> Not the yub nub. No. But no, the end of A New Hope when they get their medals and it it's Heavy. that great. I mean, it's that it's that the, classic the throne, John Williams. Throne, yeah. throne room. Throne, throne room. room. The music yeah. from the throne room is heavy too. It's really mm. yeah. Yeah. That's my choices. I think I played that at my wedding. Oof. Good choice. <laughs> Wow. After the vows. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> okay. I'm ready to answer now. Okay. So it, probably going to take this in a direction that you guys weren't expecting. I actually like the original soundtrack and it's, I don't know that you can actually get this on iTunes anymore, um, but you can find it on YouTube. Uh, so the original score that Kevin Kiner did for the Clone Wars movie that mm. came out. That was the first time we'd really heard anybody other than John Williams score anything for Star Wars. And it was so different because it incorporated, um, a, and it was almost like an electronic vibe in a lot of places. And, uh, and, and there was, there was some genres of music for like the Middle East that were incorporated into it. And you hear like sitars and some additional instruments that we'd never heard in anything before. So if you go listen to that, like you can find it on YouTube. Um, I don't know the track number, but there's a track called um, Bomar Monastery. That one's cool. So hmm. <laughs> wow. is, has, was the, was the movie rescored? I don't know, but if you go look at like the Clone Wars soundtrack, it's, it's like a selection of, songs from throughout the seasons now so i'd like mm. to find the original um movie one i i don't think it's as easy to find i mean i can i think i can play part of it you guys will probably hear it through my mic if i let's see oh yeah listen is that our workbench music so, so to me, that scene that was Sons of that was when they were like right after they were scaling the vertical wall to get to the monastery, like the 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 uh, whatever the adat not the adats but the the beetle walkers. They were going vertical up the cliff. Oh, when yeah. they get to the top and they they start walking towards the gates and that and that it was a good it was choreographed well because like the the cloner the, the clones are like looking down the barrels of their gun and they're kind of covering all their angles and it was a little more military than we'd ever seen you know, Star Wars acting too. So just that, that music coupled with the, uh, the animation that they had there was, was a really good scene. Oh, there goes the cat. There goes the cat. (laughs) Dude, there's, there's so much, I mean, there's so much good music, right? I think I've said it on this podcast before, but like, I love the quote that 
George Lucas will go to his grave with that. It's the music is the secret sauce to star Wars. And, uh, I think when the Mandalorian, like the making of it or the gallery, whatever they called it, like when you got exposed to, cause we all know John Williams, we know that, I mean, that he's just been, he's been the guy up until the Mandalorian and Ludwig just took over. He just did something different, mm-hmm. but it's just as epic. Um, and seeing that, that kid, I call him a kid cause he just looks so young, like his story and how he, I mean, the Mandalorian and Boba Fett, I love the music in that too. It's just, but it's different. It's tribal. It's not classical. You got to go back and watch Black Panther again. Cause he's oh, just yeah. as good. He's just as good in there. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, 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 Black Panther is one of my favorite, yeah. one of my favorite movies. Um, so for me to answer this, uh, I, uh, I, I think of music and emotion, um, and the feeling, right. And, and it's kind of cheating, but it is what it is. You know, episode four, you can't beat the, the opening music, the Star Wars theme, right? It's so good. John Williams. It plays anywhere on the planet and people get excited. It's familiar. It's like seeing it's Vader true. or Stormtrooper. It's just, it's, it represents all of Star Wars. Just that one theme so much so that it's played just about in every movie, major movie it's, it's woven in. And, um, so that's probably my favorite film score of all of it. And then specific track, I'm going to go sad. I'm going to go to season seven, basically the last theme, burying the dead when Ahsoka and Rex are burying the clones. Talk about emotion and feeling. I think every Star Wars fan that that invested into the Clone Wars, that invested into this long series and we're waiting for a season seven for so long felt felt um relief but also sadness that it's ending but also just like i mean emo- we're an emotional wreck that night that 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 premiered and uh and it's feelings of of it's it's now complete why does it have to be over why does it have to be this way um, mixed, mixed feelings, but man, that every time I hear those few notes, intro notes to that, that burying the dead theme, it's just beautiful. So beautiful. Dude, I can't wait for, what is it? Tales of the Jedi based on what we've seen in the trailer. It's, they're going to time jump back and forth between Ahsoka's life. Mm-hmm. Cause we see her at Padme's wedding or I'm sorry, Padme's funeral. We see her training with Anakin we oh man, it's, see her little as a as a baby. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna see her with an inquisitor. So that's post sixty six, right? Not just yeah, funeral, yeah, but like, fighting an inquisitor, right? So like teens, adolescents. Yeah, that, that that basically takes place if it's based on the book. It's right before she becomes fulcrum. Mm. Music is good. Uh, that was a good it. question, Tech. Yeah. The music. Yeah, man. I like it. Yeah. And the song I was speaking to specifically for the sequels was the Rise of Skywalker theme. I was like beating my head against the wall against which one it was, and I found it. Is that the one with the piano? Yeah. That's a good one. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. It's very grand. I, I, I love very that when, they're, when it came out in the trailer, and, they're, and uh, it's Ray and Finn, and they're running down the hallway, just, you know, full blast, and that music, it just, it gives you goosebumps. Dude, when Han and Chewie get on the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> Chewie, we're every home. Freaking 
time it gets me, no matter how many times I watch it. I'm like, damn. It's a good reunion. Oof. We're home. So this came from at underscore Zoomy underscore. How do you manage kit storage when you're trooping, when you're traveling? Crosshair, you've traveled across the country. Some of you guys have traveled across the country. How do you manage kit storage? Depends on the application. For trooping, can't go wrong with a Husky bin. That's protected. You can roll it. You can stuff it. You can stack stuff on top of it. Bungee. I mean, I I have three kits constantly when we troop for the whole family. And I usually just bungee cord two plastic bins on top of my Husky. Or we each have our own Husky. Depends on the costumes. But invest in a Husky bin. Cost You're like 80 what? Bucks. 40, 40, 50 gallon They're, boxes yeah, with wheels, yeah. right? They're 60, 50 to 80 bucks, depending on which one you can. You can get really nice ones. You can lock them. Um, um, you can follow Odd Viking and just make the thing look like it came Trick out of Star out. Wars. Uh, <laughs> I've, the always, I've always had this. I think for the last six years, I've always, I've always had this dream of converting one of those Husky bins into one of the, the bins that they have on the, on the Death Star like the Imperial storage bin, yeah. you know? Yeah. But no one's come out with a good solution. So if there's anyone out there that like wants to come up with a good solution, do it. And they're boarding the Falcon with the, with the vacuum forms. Yeah. yeah. I'll buy yeah. it. So, by the way, shout out to Zumi. So who's a very good friend of Steven's and mine. So from, from, Hi. from Australia down under in the other SCG for the bigger costumes like a TK or clone where it's like armor and helmet, like, yeah, those big Husky bins, I've got a lot of costumes that are a little bit of a mix. So like Amanda costume will fit. They make, um, so Walmart sells these little, they call it a foot locker, little plastic bin. Um, that's quite a bit smaller than those Husky ones. And they're like 20, 25 bucks, depending on, you know, where you find it. But, uh, I've got, I got like, 30 or 40 of those things, just a wall in my storage area is just stacked floor to ceiling of those things. And then for some of the stuff that like the, the, the soft goods, I'll put them in a garment bag. That way they're not getting wrinkled being put in a smaller bin. So usually like the bin plus a garment bag or maybe a helmet bag. And that's it for most, uh, but the, the TKs, the clone uh, echo, those are in bigger Husky bins. Yeah, adding adding to the garment bag, my um, my Jedi cloaks and my Vader cloak and cape are all they're all wool, um, like Italian wool. So I keep them in a uh, a bridal wedding dress uh, bag. Yep. Yeah, wedding dress bag. But then I I make sure that the uh, the hanger that I use for it is uh, cedar. Is it is is that what? Whatever, whatever the wood yeah. material that, that gets Cedar's rid of moss. Usually Cedar. The wood, the wood, Cedar. Yeah. And if you can get hangers that have some thickness to them that aren't just like a skinny, yeah. like that's nice because then you don't end up with a crease across the shoulder too. Ooh, actually really good tip for anyone that does use uh, hangers to hang their soft goods. Uh, diapers. So you just take a diaper and you like uh, a fresh ball one. it up. Yeah, take a fresh diaper, <laughs> not a used one. <laughs> Ball it up, Pro tip. put it, put it on the ends of your hangers, and they simulate shoulders, so that you don't get those uh, those shoulder nipples. I, my Vader capes are on a metal hanger, folded up inside of the bin. Just <laughs> Walmart in a garment Walmart bag, grocery bag, just shoved in there. It is a way. Yeah, it's just sitting there. 
How, mu- how about I've helmets? Seen, well, that, that's why I've seen you use a steamer when when you come to a troop. I've never steamed it. A new hope, baby. I don't need to worry about shit. <laughs> if it's I'm doing a local troop, I normally don't stick my bucket in uh, in the bin. I, I sometimes I don't have enough room. It depends on the size of the bin, but I'll actually put my bucket in a car seat or in the in an actual seat and just like put the seatbelt on it. Literally, put I strap it in, yeah. and it rides it rides right next to me. Yeah. Oh, but when you're able to arrange all your stuff when your helmet fits inside the bin, it's like. one thing i only have one thing to carry my other hand can slap high fives or talk on my phone or whatever i need to do (laughs) i always feel weird showing up to a troop with my armor and everything in the bin but then i'm wearing the 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 uh the undersuit or the body glove <laughs> and you're just walking like in some random venue yeah, <laughs> with a, with a big black bin wearing a bodysuit and everyone's looking at you basically wearing a spandex gimp suit. <laughs> just say, yeah. uh, I'm a mime. I'm a professional mime. When you get that, you just got to look at the person and be just like, please, this isn't the strangest thing. Strangest thing you've seen today. This is Southern California. Yeah. Something with wheels is always preferred. Those are good questions. Thanks for that, Tech. <laughs> You're welcome, Stephen. <laughs> Republic, Empire, what's the difference? Conversations with Crosshair. How you doing, Brian? I'm good. I have more to say this time. I am tired, but I kind of perked up a little bit, but I'm good. I have, let's see, what can we talk about? I have a few different things I can talk about. Um, I'll start with this. Let's talk about that Ryan Reynolds promo for Deadpool 3, entering the MCU and sneaking in Hugh Jackman. That was cool. That's... Do not F this one up. Marvel, please. Now he dropped another one today. Did you see that? Yeah, the follow-up? That one was funny Explaining with, him, with it. the jitterbug playing over it and him and <laughs> dude, him and Hugh Jackman together are just it's just so funny because they've been like trolling each other back and forth as a joke. For a while. I'm sure it's all, sure while. It's all written and, and part of it, whatever. But um uh uh it it was just <laughs> it was just so perfect. You're like, where is this going? And then he's like Hey, Hugh, you want to be in Deadpool 3? Yeah, sure, Ryan. (laughs) I mean, that was literally like a mic drop on the internet, right? Oh, dude. And then what? It's it's 2024? Is that what it was? Yeah, it's like two years away. Why? Yeah, and then that secondary one. So um, He's got to type it. He's got to type the script with one finger, so it's going to take some time to... There's a there's a follow up video on the on the second one because yeah. they 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 play a, a music track over all the talking, but somebody deleted the music and then he's a professional lip reader, and he, oh, he dubbed it. He dubbed. Can, it. He, I he need dubbed that. It. Send that to me because you can hear him talk. You can hear him talking too. But yeah. that is really funny for for the people that haven't seen it. It's like it's like oh here we're here to clear some things up because we're getting a lot of questions and it's like <laughs> it's, what is not the clear. Time, it's like what is the timeline of this 
isn't Wolverine dead? All this stuff. And then at the last question is, can they really do this all day? <laughs> a play on Captain America. <laughs> so it was like something like that. Like, yeah, can they really do this all day or something like that? It was so funny. Um, that took over what I wanted, what I initially thought about. Um, and because we're coming up on Halloween, um, and we need people to watch our YouTube. <laughs> our YouTube viewerships just, I mean, I think we have eight subscribers here. I think there's like three on YouTube. So I want to encourage people to watch the podcast so you can see things that you're not going to see when you just listen. Um, and being that we're coming up on a Halloween, I thought it would be a cool thing. And this kind of ties into... Uh, I think when we first started and we were talking about like our costume journeys and things, it'd be cool to like share pictures of old costumes, either even this is the beginning of like our, our Legion stuff, but you know, I go back. So I go back. So like before I started costuming, like Halloween was my jam. Like I would go buck wild on Halloween and always come up <laughs> with phenomenal ideas that sucked when applied to actually wearing it um and um things from like if you remember like jackass like how they wrapped themselves in bubble wrap and they you know it was basically like a fat suit or whatever. i did that in high school um, i did that wrap myself in saran wrap and then wore a suit over it yeah yeah went out to a bar on halloween not a good idea Just got a little sweaty got a little sweaty um but um I'll, I'll talk to like one super cool like costume that I was like pretty proud of just from a creative standpoint. And then um, uh, I'll have to get one of you guys to do some cool editing and we can like put, put the picture like here. Or right there. There. Someone can throw it in there. Hopefully pretty easy. Um, but um, uh we were, my wife Tori was living in San Francisco for a little while and we went to a Halloween out there and we were going to like an art show party and we had an idea of doing like Superman and Lois Lane. So like, but I wanted to do Superman coming out of his suit. So I went and bought like the Superman costume that you get at the Halloween store that has like the big plastic chest, you know? And at the time I had, my hair was dyed black that's where my nickname Blackie comes from too. Sometimes Nick Steven calls me Blackie all the time. So that's where that comes from. I had dyed black hair um, and I, and my hair was a little grown out too. So like, and I have a widow's peak so I could, I, I could pull off the little, the little Clark Kent curl, got some glasses, had the Superman suit. And then I put a suit on over it and I like put a coat hanger in my tie and like had the tie like floating off to the side and then the shirt I had it like pinned open like you know like like this gotta watch YouTube to see what I'm doing um like open like an, a barrel like it's chest. open like he's yeah. like he's going out yeah and then Tori dressed up like Lois Lane she had like a notepad and stuff um and that was like that was like the first time I pulled off a costume where I was like where it was like creative it wasn't just like oh I'm gonna dress up like 
I don't want to give it away because I have more stories that I'll try to continue to tell. Um, <laughs> Save them. Where it's just like, oh, I pulled off this character like super cool. Like this was like, I had some creativity to it. So it was, it was pretty fun. Um, had a super rad time side offshoot, just part of that story that night we were in San Francisco and, and bumped into a good friend of mine who, when I lived in mammoth in the mountains, I worked at a snowboard shop with him and he just happened to be at this party in San Francisco. He did not live in San Francisco. He was a graphic designer who ended up working at Vans and then I worked at Vans and we worked at Vans forever for a long time. So just a total random chain of events, just running into some guy that like I was good friends with that I hadn't seen in years. Um, but that's my story. <laughs> and if you watch on YouTube, a picture of me in the Superman outfit with my lovely wife, Tori. We'll be where? A.K.A. Lois Lane. Show us will where it'll be. be. Maybe here. Right there. Like right here. Maybe right over there. here. Or maybe it won't work and you'll have to go on Instagram. <laughs> It'll work. It'll work. But the point is you got to go on YouTube and watch this stuff. Yeah. So, that was it. Actually had some ideas this week. So, you know, next time you might be expecting the same thing in the next evolution of it. I might just say, I'm fine. But... If you guys have a cool story about a Halloween and you did something super cool, feel free to add in. We can put your picture here. Over here. There. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Someone perked up. Cheers. <laughs> That's it. Oh boy. My toothpicks on the ground. <laughs> All right, guys, that pretty much does it for episode nine. Thank you for listening to us. If you like what we do, give us a good review on your podcast app. Listen to Crosshair and check us out on YouTube. You can email us your questions at dadbatchpod at gmail.com. You can follow me, stevie.kicks, on Instagram. Rainy, where can people find you? Thedadbatch.com. Tech, where can people find you? Tech.badbatch. John, where can people find you? At Alpha Ignition. And Brian, where can people find you? Uh, this week we'll go with Sith and Ain't Easy. And that's Sithing Ain't Easy. Sith. Oh, you wise guys. Sith. Thank you again for listening to the Dad Batch Podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for episode 10. And until next time, enjoy your spice responsibly. Da 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 da